Good morning. So great to see everybody here this morning. Got a lot of visitors here, and we're delighted to have you. If you're visiting with us, so glad that you're here. Uh, it's just a great time to be together every Sunday morning. Before I start, I have to say something about spiritual enrichment tonight. I know we're going to have another announcement about it here in a little bit, but I wanted to plug it myself too. Always a great time to be together with brothers and sisters from all around the area. We're going to be at Azalea City Church of Christ tonight uh, starting at 6 p.m. And then there will be sessions all throughout the week. And we really hope that you will be involved. We've got some pamphlets about it. And there's some stuff now posted on the doors out there. Got a lot of great speakers, a lot of great topics. And we hope that you will make plans to be out there at Azalea City as much as possible. It's a really wonderful time for our spiritual enrichment series. Again, we'll have more said about that in a little bit. But I wanted to encourage everyone as well to go out for that. This month, we've been focusing on love. That's our theme for this month, at least. And what we've been focusing on so far is we've looked at the fact that God is love two weeks ago and that he showed us his love by giving us his son. And then last week, David looked at the love of Jesus. Jesus also love. And he zoomed in in John chapter 13 in that lesson last week and showed different aspects of Jesus's love, such as his love being sacrificial and selfless. And so we've established the fact God is love, Jesus is love. And what we're doing each month is trying to uncover who God is and then looking at ourselves. Who should we be? And I don't think it's any secret, since God is love, since Jesus is love, we should be love. We should have love in our hearts. And that's what we want to focus on this morning, is that we should be loving others and loving God. Love God and love people. And going back to the passages we've looked at over the last couple weeks, 1 John chapter 4, uh, it's, it's clearly stated that since God is love, we should love. Look at 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We love because he first loved us. Just skipping down to verse 19. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Folks, we see that there's a clear connection. We're going to see this all, all throughout this morning. That loving God and loving others, they're, they're intimately tied together. And since God is love, since God has shown us his love in such a great way, what, what right do we have to not love others? I mean, God has shown his love for us in the greatest way by giving his son as the propitiation or the atonement for our sins. How can we not love others? How can we not love him back because of what he's done for us? And that's John says, we love because he first loved us. That's how we know what love is because God showed it to us first and foremost. And he says there, if we, we truly know God, then we will have love. If we don't, if we don't love, then we really don't know God. 
that's where it starts. It's all about love. And so we get a clear example from John here that since God is love, we are to love. And then David looked last week at John chapter 13. Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and then he starts teaching them. And we get down to John 13, 34 to 35. Jesus says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And so Jesus says, I've loved you. I've shown you my love You've got to love like I've loved you. You've got to be sacrificial like I've been sacrificial and selfless like I've been selfless. You have to love as I have loved you. And that's a, that's a high standard, right? But that's what we're called to. Love one another deeply, sacrificially. And notice Jesus says, this is how everyone else is going to know that we are Christ's disciples, is our love. This is where it all starts, is with our love for God and, and for others. And so we have clear examples from scriptures to be like God, to love like God, to love like Jesus, be like Jesus, love as I have loved you. Jesus, in another spot, goes so far as to say these are the greatest commandments, to love. You remember Matthew chapter 22. Many times Jesus was uh, tested by the religious leaders of his day, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the scribes, they were always trying to trap him. And this is one of those instances when they were trying to trap him and test him. And so Matthew chapter 22, a familiar passage, but we want to read through this, starting in verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? By the way, when we see the word lawyer there, we're not talking about somebody like in a court defending somebody. We're talking about an expert in the law of Moses. Someone who knew the law like the back of his hand, knew it front and back. And he's testing Jesus. Hey, what's the greatest command? Trying to trap him in something that he he might say. And we know Jesus never messed up, never said anything wrong. And so Jesus answers, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great And foremost commandment, the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. The greatest commandments. Love God with all that you've got, everything, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love others. Everything else, folks, hinges on those two commandments. If we can't get those things down, we're going to be missing everything else. That's where it starts, is with loving God and loving others. I think you probably know this. You've probably read through this. The question I really want us to examine this morning is how. We know we should love God. We know we should love others. But how do we do it? How do we show God that we love him? How do we show others that we love him? Remember a couple weeks ago when when I gave the lesson about God as love, we talked about the fact that love's not just a feeling, It's not just something that we say, it's an action. It's something that's done. So how do we show others and God that we love them? Let's talk about that for the rest of our time here this morning, starting with how we show God that we love him. How do we show God that we love him? Well, number one, we show God that we love him by keeping his commandments. And that's straight from from scripture here. Look at 1 John. Keep going back to to John's writings, by the way. 
Uh, he, he talks so much about love. But, but look at 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Again, notice the close proximity between loving God and, and loving others. And even keeping God's commands shows our love for others as well. But particularly verse 3. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. If we want to show God that we love him, we will do what he says. We will keep his commandments. We're not going to be perfect, but we're going to strive to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. And notice John says his commandments are not burdensome. To keep God's commands is not something that's a weight on our shoulders that restricts us in this life. In fact, it's the opposite. It's freeing. This is where we find life. This is where we find joy. This is where we find the best life is in obeying God. And I've heard people over the years say, and Christians just can't have fun because they're restricted by all these commandments or have to keep all these things. And folks, that's just false. No doubt, God has given us commandments to keep. But again, this is really the best way to live. And this is how we show God that we love him, by doing what he says, by keeping his commandments. And notice uh, in, in the ver verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. When we keep God's commandments, it's also showing love for our brothers and sisters. And you think about a lot of God's commandments have to do with loving our brothers and sisters, loving other people. And so if we're keeping God's commands, we'll be loving God, but we'll also be loving other people. That, this, is, this is so important to keep God's commandments. Jesus says something very, uh, very similar in John 14. Uh, John records Jesus' words here. Very simple. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Skipping down to verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Jesus makes it abundantly clear. If we truly love him, we'll do what he says. We'll keep his commandments. Even, even if it's hard, even when it may not make sense to us, we're, we're going to do what he says. That's one way that we can show that we love God is by keeping his commandments. I love what uh, well-known commentator Albert Barnes says about this. He says, this is the only proper evidence of love to Jesus, for mere profession is no proof of love, but that love for him which leads us to do all his will, to love each other, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow him through evil report and through good report is true attachment. The evidence which we have that a child loves its parents is when that child is willing without hesitation, gainsaying or complaining to do all that the parent requires him to do. So the disciples of Christ are required to show that they are attached to him supremely by yielding to all his requirements and by patiently doing his will in the face of ridicule and opposition. Folks, merely saying that we love God is not really evidence that we love God. The proof is actually saying I love you and doing what he says. And just think about that, someone who says, I love you, God, I love you, you're my all, but then doesn't do anything that he says. 
doesn't try to even avoid sin, doesn't try to, to, to love others or to deny themselves. They just live however they want to live. Is that really showing God that you love him? The evidence of our love for God is doing what he says, submitting to his will through good and bad in any situation, submitting everything to him. That is our showing our love for God by keeping his commandments. And let's just face it, folks, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard, and sometimes we slip up. But if we truly love God, we will do what he says. That's number one, keeping his commandments. Number two, how we can show love for God is to put him first. Put him first above everything else, folks. Go back to that Matthew chapter 22 passage. We won't read through all of this. But remember, the, the lawyer asked him, hey, what's the greatest command? And Jesus says... That the great and foremost command, those two words are so important, great and foremost, that means this is the most preeminent thing. The most important thing is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's the most important thing. Now here's the question, is that the most important thing for you and me? Is the single most important thing for you and me to love God with everything that we've got? Love him with every fiber in our being. Is that what's most important for you and for me? Is that what, com- is that what, what comes first for us? That's what Jesus says must come first. That's the f- foremost and greatest command to love God. But folks, so many times we can get distracted and things can take God's place. And even things that are not necessarily inherently bad, things like our jobs or, or even family, sometimes we can put those above God, but folks, nothing can come before him. And we can show that we love him by putting him first and foremost above everything else in this life. In the Old Testament, God is described as a jealous God on a, numer- uh, on a number of occasions. One of those occasions is Exodus 34 Starting in verse 12, God says, Watch yourself that you make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land into which you are going, or it will become a snare in your midst. But rather, you are to tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and cut down their ashram. For you shall not worship any other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. When we think about jealousy, we typically have a negative connotation you know, we, we typically think about a, a negative human emotion that we, we long for something that someone else has or some type of resentment built up for somebody because of their success that we don't have, something like that. But that's not really what we're talking about when we talk about God's jealousy. God doesn't do anything wrong or, or have jealousy like that. When we're talking about God being a jealous God, we're talking about his desire for us to follow him and him alone. It's, it's God desiring, knowing that he alone is God, that he alone is the true living God, and he wants us to recognize that as well. David uh, Sproul, a preacher at the Palm Beach Lake Church of Christ, says this, every time a new generation arose in the first 100 years of the history of Israel as a nation, God wanted it fixed in their minds that he is a holy God and that he will not accept any position in his people's lives other than absolute first nor will he tolerate divided loyalties of any kind. Godly jealousy, then, is that which demands exclusive loyalty, jealous for preeminence in all we do. That's what God wants from us. 
is for, for us to put him in the preeminent position that he deserves. It's for, for us to realize the, his greatness and he, he alone is great. He alone is God. That's what the, the jealousy of God entails is his desire for us to know him and believe in him and trust in him alone. No divided, no divided loyalties. No other. And you look at the, the, in the context, he's talking about other idols that, hey, when you enter into this land, this promised land, don't, don't worship these other gods. Burn them. Put them away. I am the only God. Follow me. I want you to follow me and me alone. He yearns for us to follow him and to love him. And that's the question. Do we yearn for him above everything else? And that's how we can, another way we can show God that we love him is by putting him above everything else. Every single thing in this life comes behind God. That's the way it should be. And that's how we can show our love for him. We put him in his rightful place first. So that's number two. Number three is praise him. Praise him. All throughout the Psalms, we see uh, many human emotions from sadness to, to grief to uh, joy and exultation. But we see so much joy and praise for God in the Psalms. Psalm 145, David says this, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Can't you just tell how much David loves God just by reading these words and other psalms like this? He's pouring out praise to God, recognizing his greatness, extolling his wonderful name. Can't you tell just how much David loves God? And part of what we're doing this morning, we're praising God. When we sing, we're singing these songs to him, showing our love to him. This is another way that we can show our love is to praise him for who he is and for what he's done. Exalt his name. Praise his name. Realize his greatness. Sing about it. But here's the thing. It doesn't just have to come in a worship service. Our praise can be given to God all throughout our days. Look at Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verse 15. The Hebrews writer says, Through him, that's Jesus then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. This is not just something that, that happens every now and then. It's a continual thing that should be happening. Praise to God, giving thanks to his name. And this is just another a, a simple way that we can show our love to God is by giving him praise. Giving him his rightful due for who he is and what he has done. Do you praise God? Do you praise him, not just in, the, in our worship services, but outside these walls, continually giving praise and thanks to his name? God has been so good to each of us. Are we recognizing that in our lives and giving him thanks and praise? So how we, how we can love God keeping his commands, putting him first, praising him? How can we love others now? How do we show that we love God? others. Well, there's a lot of places we could go to, but I really just want to look at two passages here and, and pull out some things from these. Romans chapter 12 is, is a passage that's very practical, and Paul's, again, getting really practical with the Romans here. Here's some things that you can do, that you should be doing for one another. 
Now, in this context, he's in particular talking about our love for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. But a lot of these things can extend to even those who are not, not believers. And we'll, we'll talk about that as, as we go along. But look at Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. So many things we can pull out from this. So let's just look at a a few things that we can do to show our love for one another. Number one, be sincere. He says, let love be without hypocrisy. And some some translations, which I I really like, say, let love be genuine. Folks, love really can't be forced. It, it It can't be faked. Right? We have to be sincere. We have to have genuine love in our hearts one for another. The sincerity, the genuineness, it's so very important. We, again, we can't fake it. We have to be genuine and sincere in our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Really mean it. And that's where Paul starts here. Let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be genuine. Let's be sincere in our love. Number two, be devoted to one another. Or why I say kindly affectionate is because the word devoted there in the Greek, he says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. The word devoted there actually is, is only used this one time in the, in the New Testament. But the word there actually points to being kindly affectionate towards one another. The, the picture is the love that a father or a mother has for a child, the tenderness there. And so we, we need to show that type of love towards one another being kindly affectionate towards one another. Folks, sometimes kindness, little acts of kindness can go a long way sometimes. And being kindly affectionate towards one another is something that that is really easy that we could do to show our love for one another. And, And how some translations translate it, being devoted to one another. I mean, that when you're devoted to something, you're committed to them. You're you're going to be in it with them no matter what. But the idea, again, is really being kindly affectionate. Let's show kindness and affection towards one another. That the tender love between brothers and and sisters in Christ. Number three, honor one another. He says, give preference to one another uh, in honor. Some translations say, outdo one another in showing honor. I gave a lesson on this verse a, a few months back. And I asked the question, how often do we take time to honor brothers and sisters in Christ? How often do we just stop and recognize somebody, pay them the respects that, that, they, that they deserve, or just honor them for what they mean to us? I think we should be doing that a lot more, honoring one another, lifting one another up, maybe some type of achievement that we've attained, or, or maybe it's just something that we, we mean to somebody. We should honor one another. And, and I love what Paul says, give preference to one another in honor. Or as, again, some translations say, outdo one another in showing honor. Or honor one another above yourselves. It's kind of an idea of like humility. Like don't look for your, the honor yourself, but look to honor somebody else. And we can show our love to our brothers and sisters by honoring them. By recognizing them. And giving them the, the respect that they, that they deserve. 
That's number three. Number four from this passage, and this one's really, really important. Contribute to the needs of others. Paul says there, contribute to the needs of the saints. Folks, if somebody in this, and a part of our, the, the church here, part of our number, and even not a part of our number, if somebody has a need, we should fill it. If somebody needs a meal, we should take someone a meal. If somebody needs some clothing, we should get them some clothing. If somebody needs some lodging, we should give them some lodging. If somebody has a need, we need to come to their aid. That is an easy way that we can show others that we love them by contributing to their need. When someone really needs something, are we there to help them? Are we there to give them what they need? And it, really, there should be no bounds here. We should go as far as we need to for our brothers and sisters, whatever they need. And I know I've seen it firsthand in this church. So many of you are taking meals to people, are opening doors for people, are, are, are welcoming people into your homes. We'll talk more about that in a second. Are, are doing some amazing things for people, giving money to people. And again, I, I don't think this one really is just tied to, to our brothers and sisters. We should be contributing to the needs of people who are uh, less fortunate, people who are needy. All throughout the, the Bible, particularly in the book of Proverbs, there's stuff about giving to the poor. Folks, do we give to other people? This is one of the, the greatest ways that we can show our love for people is giving to their needs. People who are less fortunate, people who are struggling, are we meeting their needs? I think about the book of Acts. When the, when the churches first started, what are people doing? They're selling their possessions and their property, and they're giving the money to the apostles so that they can give it to anybody who has need. That's amazing to me. That selling, many times I've sold things and then I go spend it on myself. I don't know if I've ever sold something and then given it to other people. But that's what the early church was doing. And if somebody has a need, that's an easy way to show our love, to give them what they need. So that was number, number four there in this passage. Number five, practice hospitality. Practice hospitality. I've already kind of mentioned this. Folks, another easy way that we can show we love one another is welcoming one another into our homes. And when we get into uh, each other's homes, maybe providing a meal, maybe providing something that someone else needs, or just spending quality time with one another. The idea here actually in the Greek is entertaining strangers. And, and, and really in, in that context, it makes a lot of sense because many people were traveling to preach the gospel like Paul. And when they were in different cities, they needed somewhere to stay. They needed someone to welcome them into their homes because there weren't like, hotels like we have today there were some inns but not like we have today again but they needed somewhere to stay and we can show hospitality to other people that's how we can show our love another way to welcome people into our homes I think about uh, I think it was last January the Faulkner chorus came here and they were they sang and there was like I think 30 something people who needed a place to stay it may have been more than that and like 12 of the families here from Creekwood opened up their homes and welcomed in these students who you did not know. You'd never met these people before, but you welcomed them in. You probably provided them a meal, provided them a warm bed. That's a simple way to show your love for somebody. I can think about another gentleman who comes and visits sometimes. His name's Macon Buchanan. He's from Virginia. And he comes down here to Mobile and he visits every like six months on a Sunday night. And uh, I think he stays in a hotel, but that's an easy easy opportunity to open up our doors for a, a fellow brother and allow him to stay in our home. And maybe we, not, we may not be as comfortable with that, 
but it's an easy way to show somebody that we love them is to welcome them into our home and be so hospitable. And so many of you do that. Number six, bless those who persecute you. That's what Paul says there in the passage. Bless those who persecute, bless and do not curse. To me, it seems like he's recalling Jesus' words to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you in Matthew chapter 5. Folks, even the people that we may deem as enemies or who may deem us as their enemy, we're called to love them. We're called to bless them and pray for them. Do we bless and pray for those who we consider our enemies or those who hurt us? And folks, what kind of message are we sending when we retaliate to to people instead of showing love? And so bless those and pray for those who persecute you. And then finally out of this one, rejoice and weep with others. Paul says there, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Folks, an easy way that we can show we love one another is to be beside each other through thick and thin through good times and through bad. When someone's rejoicing, we're right there rejoicing with them. When someone's sad and hurting, we're right there weeping with them. We don't leave their side. We're right there with them. And if they're happy, we're happy. If they're crying, we're crying. We're hurting with them. We're feeling with our brothers and sisters. And I think about, you know, what Paul says, that if one member is honored, all members are honored together. If rejoice together. If one member suffers, the whole body suffers. Folks, that's an easy way we can show our love to one another by rejoicing and weeping with one another, being beside each other through it all. And so look at all these ways that we can show our love to other people. And again, a lot of this had to do with our brothers and sisters in Christ. But folks, let's not be mistaken. We are to show love to everybody. Look at what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. This is the last uh, passage here. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. I know there's an emphasis in the second half here to especially do good to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we should, no doubt. But notice what he says first. While we have opportunity, let's do good to all people, everyone, every single person that we come into contact with, we should be doing good. And that's a way we show our love to people is by doing good for them, serving them. And there's so many things that we can do. Giving somebody money, maybe giving somebody a meal, paying for someone's meal, visiting the sick. I mean, there's so many things that we can do. Mowing somebody's lawn, who can't? There's so many things that we can do for other people to show them our love. Are we doing that? Are we doing good to all people and to our, especially to our brothers and sisters in Christ. I said this was the last passage. There's actually one more I want to point to at the end here. I want to go back to the passage in, in John chapter 13. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I want to highlight the end there. This is how the world will know that we are Christ followers if we have love for one another. If we don't get this right, we are missing a huge opportunity to reach the world. We're missing a huge opportunity for people to to, to see Jesus Christ in us. It's all about love. And if we don't have love for God first and foremost, and then for others, we're missing it all. This is how 
men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So let's get out there and let's show our love first and foremost for God and for other people. Are we doing that this morning? If you're not, today's a great day to get back on track. And maybe this morning you want to give your life to Christ because of his love for you and you want to obey his commands. Give your life to him and serve him and love him for the rest of your days. It all starts with love. Let's show it and not just say it. If you have any need this morning, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.